Hello, everybody, and welcome to the REI Spotlight with your host, David Schwann, and this is episode two. And our guest today is Jeff Greenberg with Synergetic Investment Group. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing fantastic. Great sunny day and uh, everything's great. Uh, so how did, you, uh, how did you start your, or how did you get into uh, your real estate journey? Well, the real estate journey, I guess, was back in 2007. Uh, I was on a hike with a friend of mine and we were talking about our divorces and uh, uh, realized that uh, we were going to need more funds and our, our W-2 jobs were going to supply and uh, started looking into it. Um, started out looking at um, REOs, you know, bank-owned properties, but back in 2007, the banks really didn't know what to do with all the foreclosures that they had in hand. So that wasn't a great time to be doing the REOs uh, and prices were dropping so fast that, uh, you know, you, you couldn't really get a handle on what the, the value of the property was. So that was essentially our start was looking at that. And then uh, from there kind of met with somebody that was doing multifamily and got excited about that. And that's kind of what led me to the multifamily world. Um, so uh, if you don't mind a little bit of uh, what have you done in the multifamily world, you know, where are you at now or where are you wanting to go? Well, I've, I've been invested in, in one way or another in over uh, 800 units. Um, currently we're holding mostly student housing properties um, with, with one in Ohio, one in Georgia and one in, uh, Tucson, Arizona, but we're still looking for multifamily value add properties like, you know, like a lot of other people are. Um, the, the thing is we seem to be finding um, student housing properties that are, that need some tender loving care. Um, those seem to be easily, more easily uh, put into stress. And so that's, that's a niche of ours is helping those out. And so we're looking at, we're looking at both of them though. What, uh, on the student housing side, what's, uh, what's the big driver there? What, what's the, what's your draw to that asset class? What's, uh, well, as, as I said, it's, um, there's a lot that can go wrong on student housing. And so right now we're finding student housing properties that somehow, uh, the current owner, uh, messed up. And so by that, we're able to fix whatever the problem is, typically management, um, and do that, you know, as far as if it takes a specialized management company to work with student housing, it's not just putting an ad on apartments.com and Craigslist. Uh, it's going to the campus. It's going to campus events. It's having, having your own events. It's, it's a lot of marketing stuff that most management companies aren't able to or willing to do. And so it gets messed up and we'll, we're able to come in and, and repair that and, and fix that aspect of it and, and get some great value. Um, but other than that, we're also, you know, looking, uh, as I said, on the uh, multifamily front as well. Um, what, uh, what, what markets are you looking or are you looking at in the multifamily side of it? Uh, what are your, what are the apples of your eye on, on that side? 
Well, there's several markets that we are looking. Uh, we're looking in the Carolinas. We're looking in Florida, a couple markets in Florida. Uh, we wouldn't mind having something in Tucson along with our uh, student housing property filling out there. Uh, we're also looking at um, Cincinnati. My uh, other student housing property in Ohio is near, near Cincinnati. So uh, we like that market as well. I've got one of my team members is looking in, uh, in Utah. Uh, let's see. Well, the one property we have out in, in Georgia is uh, not far from Atlanta, so we wouldn't mind looking at, we are looking at some of the outskirts of the Atlanta market. Uh, so we're looking at, at a few different markets. I have you know, several team members that are looking in different areas. Awesome. Sounds like you're uh, more, more more about the deal than the market. You know, as long as it's a strong market and a strong deal, that's uh, you're, you're not being you're not painting yourself into a corner geographically. Yeah. Um, is there any uh, any of your current projects that you're working on? I, I know you'd said you're working on a syndication deal on, on a bigger one that you you have uh, you can talk a little bit about. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, we are looking at a uh, 225 unit in Amarillo, Texas. It's a B, a BC property. Uh, can't talk much about it because we still are doing the raise. But um, Amarillo is a great market. Uh, it 2.6% uh, um, unemployment, which is way below uh, national uh, averages. And... Um, it did very well in the, uh, the deep downturn that we had. And so we're very excited about that particular market um, as far as uh, growing that. But uh, that's probably about all I can tell you about that. But we're, we're definitely excited about this project. Um, okay. What, what would you say is uh, your favorite closed deal that you can talk about? What's, uh, what's probably your favorite property that you've been involved with? Well, the one we're, we're right now, we're selling, um, we're selling a property in Georgia, 36 unit, uh, all four bedrooms, two baths, uh, student housing property that when we got it uh, two years ago, this April, this April will be two years on that. It was 48% um, occupied, but 30% economic occupancy. Ooh. And now it's at 95% occupancy, and we're selling that deal with still some meat on the bone. Uh, we bought it for all cash uh, at 1-1, and we've now have it on the market for uh, 4.5. Um, and there's, there's still a bunch of meat on the bone for the next person. But that one was, that one was exciting for more than one reason. It was, I felt that I was really doing something for the community. It's a small market, and um, we went and I actually went down uh, and videotaped some of our tenants. Uh, in, a, in a past life, I used to videotape uh, weddings and stuff, so I know how to interview people. And so I interviewed our tenants, and some of the tenants, some of what they were saying was, someone was bringing, bringing me to tears because we had fixed up, we put, we put 500000 into fixing it up, and some of the uh, testimonials that the tenants had were just uh, tearjerkers that they were so excited about what we had done to the property. So that's a property I'm very proud of. I mean, it's a low economic area. 
and we provided a uh, housing for these students, you know, that were, you know, way above anything they had lived in before. And that, that was, that was a great, it was a, a great feeling to uh, hear what the tenants have to say. Yeah. I, I, I feel that that is that, you know, that, that uh, with commercial housing, being able to go in and, and be a good landlord uh, is just such a, almost su such a underrated, uh, you know, benefit of being in this field is uh, I was heard, heard somebody speaking last week, you know, that they were taking over a property and, you know, there was a dead rat in a guy's kitchen and his wife had bed bug bites, but he was like in cry, you know, in tears talking to the guy who just bought it. And he goes, I'm in tears because you bought it because you care. I'm happy that you're there. So mm -hmm. you know, being able to, you know, just that, that seems to be like kind of almost a hidden benefit of, you know, being a landlord is, you know, being able to have that positive effect on your tenants. It's uh, just such an awesome thing. And That's definitely definitely an added benefit. I remember walking into a unit once and um, the, the guy showed me this pile of dust on the, on his countertop and I looked at it and it wasn't a pile of dust. It was a pile of uh, termite droppings and he said he saved it because he wanted anybody to come in to look at it. It was a good two inches high that there was termites in his kitchen and you know, the, the current owners weren't doing anything about it. But he wanted to make sure that anybody that walked through there saw this pile of termite droppings. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad what uh, what uh, some slum slum lords uh, allow their uh, tenants to to live in, and uh, yeah, that that doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a. Uh... Yeah, that, that that's just such an extra benefit of you know it's like look yes I'm 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 this is helping my, me financially but you know it's like also doing that community good you know being able to help out you know your tenants that's just such a su such an awesome benefit to me. Um, yeah, we want to we want to give them a clean, safe place to live. You know, we want we want certainly want to make money. But we want a clean, safe place for our, for our tenants to stay. Um, so, besides going in and caring, was that uh, more marketing that helped turn that property around, or uh, or was it just the, the the cosmetic and the structural stuff that you had to fix, or both? Oh, that was that was definitely a marketing blitz um, that we did. Um, we, we actually met with the, the mayor of the city. We met with uh, VPs at the school. We met with uh, coaches and we talked to the coaches. We talked to everybody around the school and it, we created a relationship with them. Uh, and when we first went there, we went and we're talking to the track coach and told him that we wanted him to send his uh, athletes over to, the, to our uh, property. And he looked at us and he said, why would I want to do that? Why would I send my, my kids over to that place? And then we say, look, how about coming to visit? You know, look and see what we've done. And now we've got a great relationship with the, the basketball coach, the football coach. In fact, we actually sponsor the athletic department. Um, it costs us $3,000 a year. And they play a 6-2 60 second clips 
um, our advertisement on their Jumbotron for every home basketball and every home football game. And we also get a banner at all the other sports that um, don't have the access to the Jumbotron. So our commercial is every game, That's... every home uh, basketball and football game for, for a lousy $3,000 donation to the athletic department. I was about to say the ROI on that is uh, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that's that's some that's that is some certain uh, bang for your marketing buck there. So that's also the relationship. My uh, property manager asked us if we wanted to do it again this year because we really didn't need to. And I said, you know, we might as well. I mean, just for the goodwill, just for the goodwill. But we we don't need to as far as the numbers and the advertising. Uh, but it's worth it for the donation and, and the, the goodwill. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> any other, uh, any other projects that, uh, you want to talk about? Well, I had a great project in, uh, in, uh, Houston and I'll take some of the credit for the great results we had, but I'll let the, I'll let the market take some of the credit. Um, we bought a property uh, for 1.3 million, and this was in 2013. And it was that's a 62-unit property, and the rents were about 36,000 a month, and we were about 85% occupancy. And in three years, we got the rents up to about 42,000 a month. We got the occupancy at 95%. And then we sold it for 2.7. So that was over a, a three-year hold. We went from 1.3 to 2.7. Now, I give a little credit to the market because the market uh, cap rate compressed. So we got some help on that. But my, my investors got about a 120% return over a three-year period. So they certainly didn't complain about the 40% uh, uh, annualized return that they received. But I, I, I would hope that they did not have a problem with that. Yeah, I hope I, the problem is is spoiling them. But uh, you know that's that's the thing is 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 then you have the expectation that you're going to be able to do that all the time, and that <laughs> that that certainly isn't uh, isn't going to happen. Yeah, you, you have to have that. Okay, look, this was a really you know this was a home run. We may hit a single next time, but you know. <laughs> well, the Georgia property, the other one that we're selling is. is uh, if we sell it this year, should beat it. But that's another, you know, that's another diamond in the rough that we lucked out on. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. They, they certainly aren't going to all do that. I mean, you know, uh, you know, getting the first base and uh, second base or something, those are great too. Grand slam home runs don't come, you know, all that often. Uh, well, on the flip side, do you have any uh, – do you have any strikeouts uh, or, or, or have you been fortunate at least to be able to, to, to bunt and get on first? <laughs> well, the, the first deal we did, um, I wouldn't call it a strikeout. It, you know, it was probably maybe a bunt. Um, the investors did okay. Um, they, they averaged, I believe about a 7% return and we had, uh, uh, had a perform of about 16%. But the problem with that one, it was our first property we bought in 2010. And that one, it was built in 2007. So these were three-year-old buildings. 
It was 100% uh, occupied. It was in a slow growth market. And our only value add was raising rents. Uh, raising rents and, and billing back water. Well, the billing back water met with great resistance and the raising rents was real, real difficult, real slow. So we held that for six years. And other than the acquisition fee and a small profit at the sale, uh, my partner and I made nothing on that. So we ran that property for six years and uh, the investors, you know, like I said, they did better than the bank. You know, they probably did better than they would have in the stock market, but it wasn't spectacular. But that was, that was probably, you know, our, our, our weakest, our weakest deal. What, what would you say was the biggest lesson that you learned from that deal though? Well, we learned lots of lessons out of that one. The main thing is you need more value add than just raising rents. Uh, you also, you know, that if you're at hundred percent occupied, um, you may be able to raise rents a little bit, but you know, that it was a struggle. So it's, we definitely want uh, more value add. And also syndicating a 20 unit property is pretty tight. Uh, trying to make money out of that. There just wasn't enough for us. We got an 8% pref that we were giving to our investors and we never got beyond that. So there was never any distribution to us. So, you know, small deals are, are fine, but if you're doing it with a syndication and you're just getting a little piece of it, uh, there's, there's not much left for you. And that's, that, you know, that was, that was a big lesson. So, so the takeaway is, is if you're going to go small, you have to have a small team. You can't bring in too many, you can't have too many hands in a small pie. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, Hey, we, you know, we made a little bit of money. The investors did okay. Most of the investors are still investing with us. They saw, they saw our integrity by sticking by it, even though we weren't getting any money. Um, you know, uh, Rod Cleef always talks about uh, any of those as, as his, as a seminar. So we had a six year seminar that we, that we learned, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was an education for us. It well, I, I was about to say at the end of the day, it, it may have been a six year education, but it didn't cost you anything. It, it paid you, even if it paid you just a little, six years of education came to you and you didn't have to pay for it. So that's, uh, that's to me, that's always a plus. If you get an education and it didn't cost you anything, that's always, uh, that's always a good thing. Just, just our time. <laughs> that was about it. Just the time. Um, all right. Um, so what else, uh, I, I know you have, uh, uh, where do you, where, what are your, uh, what are your goals for this year? Where, where, where are you trying to get to? Um, I know you said you, you know, you have some student housing and, and you have the, the one deal that you're uh, currently raising for what else, uh, what else are you trying to, uh, to get done this year? Well, I'd like to get 500 doors this year. This year, once we get this uh, 225 unit, that gets us, you know, almost halfway there. So uh, I'd like to to pick up 500 doors, either multifamily or or student housing. Uh, there's, you know, we, but we're, you know, we're not under any pressure to do it. Um, if we if we don't do it, that's fine. None of my none of my team are relying on uh, the deals in order to uh, uh, finance their living. And uh, so it's, you know, it's a market that we're very cautious in. We're very concerned about when the market is gonna correct. 
And so we, we won't be rushed into any deal. But, you know, it would, it would be great if we can get the uh, 500 doors, uh, you know, additional uh, by the end of the year. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I completely understand that, you know, uh, take what the market gives you. Don't, uh, don't, don't force the market to take what you want because that's when you get in, uh, that's when you get in trouble is when you start forcing things, you know, let it, let it play out. And if it plays out, you know, it was meant to be. So, uh, definitely, uh, definitely understand that, that strategy. Um, what would, uh, what would be the, your, uh, piece of advice that you would give to somebody trying to, uh, trying to break into this space? What would be, uh, what would be your, your number one piece of advice for them? Well, my advice always is um, that, you know, no matter what niche in real estate you want to get into, I don't care if it's fix and flips, buy and holds, multifamily, you know, non-performing notes, whatever it is, is to find somebody that's doing it find somebody that's uh, an expert in that area and they don't have to be local. They can be, you know, anywhere around and find a way to help them out, find out what their needs are, uh, find a way to help them and basically uh, um, be of value to them without asking for anything in return, just be of value to them. And just, just by being close to them, you're going to learn. And, you know, that's, that's typically what I tell people is just find a way to be of service so you can be around somebody that's actually doing it. And um, I did that with a group of people and now they're essentially, you know, part of my team um, that a group of people wanted me to mentor them. And I started just a little group that we used to get together. And now we bought two properties together as a group. And we're working on this, this third property uh, together that my team has found and brought to us. And I've been taking people out to the, you know, along with me on the due diligence. And it's all been a learning process for them. And it's, it's amazing how much they've learned. And they've been valuable to me because they're the ones that are finding the deals and they're the ones that are doing the underwriting. And I don't typically see a deal until it's already gone through two or three filters and we decide it's a deal. I look at it and then we turn in an LOI. So those kind of things, um, you know, either bringing deals to uh, somebody or bringing money. Uh, those people that maybe are, uh, have access to high net worth individuals, bringing, bringing uh, those investors uh, into the deal uh, is, is something that, you know, most syndicators need. We always need deals and we always need money. So I would say that somebody new that wants to learn, start learning how to help out a syndicator that's already doing it. And you'll learn so much more um, by doing that than, than anything else. Um. On that, do you have uh, a long with, I mean, that's such great advice. Uh, you know, just try to try try to tag on and bring value to somebody else's life is just such a it has it, it pays such such deep rewards of you know being able to you know just advance somebody else's life without having that that 
you know, having to have some sort of return on it and, and the, the universal certainly pay you back for it. You know, just, just be open and honest and help people out and you'll get helped out for sure. Absolutely. You know, you pay it, you pay it forward, you know, without any expectation and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be rewarded for that. Definitely. Um, do you have a, uh, either favorite, either business or real estate book that you would, uh, you would suggest for, for that newbie or just anybody in general? Well, I mean, it depends a lot on, on what people are looking at. Um, the one that changed, um, you know, my, my outlook on life, you know, of course was, uh, you know, uh, the rich dad, the rich dad, poor dad, but I really like the e-myth uh, as far as learning how to um, to um, systematize systematize your business, and of course, um, you know, multifamily. I would say, you know, Joe Fairless's book, uh, you know, is a great book as as well. But um, you know, those those are the books that you know I most uh, uh, look to. Awesome. Um, now, if any of the uh, REI Spotlight listeners out there want to be able to get in contact with you, what's, uh, what's the best way for them to be able to get a hold of you? Well, they could go to my website, which is www.synergeticig.com. And Synergetic is S-Y-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-I-G.com. Or they could email me at jeff at Synergetic ig.com uh, i'm typically also will answer um uh messages on bigger pockets and um i i frequent there as well so those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me awesome awesome well jeff i hope you have a wonderful afternoon and we can't wait until the next time we speak sounds good